Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on social at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at On Tap Irish. And today, we're going to be celebrating the 40 to 8 bowl victory over Oregon State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Got to see Marcus Freeman get doused with a, a bowl of frosted flakes. Like Tony the Tiger was in the building, the Steve Angeli era. May or may not have started, obviously, because we've acquired Riley Leonard in the transfer portal. But I, I know I said it from the account yesterday. It was the most fun that I've had watching a Notre Dame bowl game in my life. Like, and it, I, I kept saying it before the game. I was like, it's the JV team. Like, it's, this, is, this is what we're looking forward to next year. And I know I said it in the pregame where I wasn't overly confident that it would be a dominant performance. But I think – the performance that you saw out there yesterday goes to show the progress that Marcus Freeman has made in the time that he's been our, our head coach at Notre Dame. First three seasons, 19 – or first two seasons, 19 wins. He's won a bowl game. He's won two bowl games and he's lost one. He beat South Carolina last year. Obviously, there was the debacle uh, in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State. But that was literally his first week – or first couple weeks on the job. So – I'm excited to see what the future holds. Uh, you got some good guys coming back at Howard Cross and Jaden Thomas had a good game. We saw a phenomenal game from Jordan Faison too. Like Jordan Faison was really out there yesterday and he had, yeah, I think he had two touchdowns. I got to double check the box score, but from my standpoint, I, I said it before the game. I was like, in, in our position, you know, we're not in the college football playoff and we're not playing one of these New Year's six bowl games. I'm not mad at the guys that have NFL aspirations for sitting out. And especially with the way this game went, like we really didn't know what to expect. You know, we were going to try to play the way that we've played all season, just with different parts. And I don't know. I'm like, I'm taken away with how good of a game Steve Angeli had against a top defense like Oregon state opt-outs are not no opt-outs. It doesn't really matter to me. Oregon state has had a good defense for a better part of the last two years. And like I said, in the pregame show, they're built on playing good defense and running the ball well. They had Uyunglele, uh, but he opted out for this game. We had Hartman, he opted out. So it was the great equalizer, both quarterbacks opting out. I mean, when when Angeli goes 15 and 19 for 232 yards and three or three touchdowns and no picks, and Gold Branson uh, from Oregon State had 180 a touchdown and a pick on 16 and 27. I think the proof is in the pudding. We haven't seen Steve Angeli outside of garbage time. We haven't seen him take live snaps in a game that means something. So for us as Notre Dame fans, I think this is – it's going to be an interesting debate, right? Uh, will Steve Angeli get an opportunity in the offseason to be the starting quarterback for Notre Dame? Obviously, Riley Leonard can't suit up for this game because, you know, he just got to campus. He – I don't know – Maybe there will be a day where the transfer portal works like that. Where you, no, that, that, there is no way. Because then you could go and join a team for the college football playoff, and then that would just be chaos. So that would never work. But I, I think it, it sparks some interesting debate in the offseason, whether – like Leonard is proven, but he's not a super polished passer. And I know it's going to be more running back like committee because Audrick Estime is moving on, and he'll probably be a first or second round pick. But let's get to the backs, right? Jadarian Price. 13 carries for 106 yards and a tutty. And then Jeremiah Love, 15 for 39. Uh, Devin Ford had four for 30. Steve Angeli had a 17-yard run 
where he lowered his fucking shoulder. I think he forgot that he plays quarterback. And that's not like the state. Like, usually it's slide or get out of bounds. He literally Jerome Bettis someone. I think it was in the third quarter. And I was just like, I jumped out of my seat. I was like, like that's insane. Like, I haven't seen a quarterback do that uh, since Jay Cutler. And, you know, Jay Cutler liked an angry one. I think I tweeted, I was like, you love a good angry one from QB1. So that was fun to see. He had 27 yards, so not – not bad, but you know he's not—he's not really a runner. Um, Chase Ketterer at the end of the game got a, a carry for a six-yard touchdown, and then Jabrian Payne had six for twenty-four, and Skip Falota had one for four. So we had forty-eight carries. We ran the absolute shit out of the rock yesterday, and 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 Jelly still threw for two hundred thirty-two yards. A very even attack. So two hundred thirty-six yards on the ground, two touchdowns, two hundred thirty-two through the air, and three touchdowns. Like, for a game that we were all like, who's playing? What What is the expected outcome? The line moved, like, from 10.5 to 6.5 to 4.5 at kickoff. Like, nobody knew what to expect from this game. And we exceeded every expectation. We didn't – I got to look. Yeah, we, we did not turn the ball over. So, plus, uh, plus uh, one in the turnover margin. And then on the defensive side, well, we didn't get to the defensive side of the ball yet, right? But Hill got player of the game or, or uh, lineman of the game, I think I saw after. He had five total, uh, two solo, a sack, and a TFL – or half, TFL and a half. Xavier Watts, half a sack, five total, two uh, two solos. And then the rest is kind of just like everybody ate, right? Benjamin Morrison ended up getting a pick at the end of the half. Uh, just almost just to add to the total because I always say like those end-of-the-half interceptions shouldn't count if it's a um, – called if it's a jump ball like I cannot like I, I don't know I just I had I saw Fields lose his streak on a play like that and it's like yes it is an interception but it's literally end a half whatever so I, I I don't hold too much um weight in those when there are quarterbacks but I'm fucking counting them for Benjamin Morrison I don't care <laughs> uh and then as far as uh the kicking game went there was a miss from Schrader that was, I don't know, like penalties contributed to it. Like it wasn't, um, wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, obviously he missed kick, but uh, they pushed him back and yeah, he, they gave him a shot. I think it was from 49 and he did not hit. So uh, very up and down season for him. I don't I see if he's, back because I think he was a transfer. It says he's a senior, so maybe we're in line for a new kicker next year. Um, I think we actually got the kid from uh, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, actually we did. Um, I knew I saw something over the over the break, but so Mitch Jeter, he was the kicker last year against us in the bowl game, is going to be transferring to Notre Dame, so that's actually pretty good. I, I've seen him kick I've been on South Carolina enough to know and watched them enough to know that he's a solid kicker. But uh, it should be noted, though, too, man. Like, it's it's hard to kick at Notre Dame, bro. Like, weather matters when you're a kicker. It, you're not always going to have easy kicks. Not everything's going to be easy to you. So you can keep that thing in mind. Um, but, yeah, Schrader's def definitely an uphill battle for him to try and get on an NFL roster or a CFL or XFL, whatever you want to say but you know i'll never knock our guys for trying to play at the next level so 
hope that he can fix what he had wrong in, in the regular season during the off season and during the, the training process, if that's what he wants to do and he can get after him because you see like uh, Brandon Aubrey, right? Kid didn't even kick at Notre Dame. Could you imagine if we had Brandon Aubrey as our kicker at Notre Dame during the time period that he would have been there? Played soccer instead. And now he is one of the better kickers in the NFL on the Dallas Cowboys. He drilled like a 58 and then 59 yarder like back to back in a game a couple of weeks back. And then obviously you have Blake Ruby, kicker for the Saints. So Notre Dame Notre Dame kickers, you know, if you if you kick well at Notre Dame, they will call you. So uh, happy to see that we're going to transfer in. But back to the game, uh, I think that while the Sun Bowl is not a – it's not a uh, New Year's Six Bowl game, I think I, I hold the Sun Bowl in the same regard as, like, the Outback Bowl, the Gator Bowl, uh, the Holiday Bowl. Uh, these – like, the Alamo Bowl is usually a good one too. Like, these bowl games that it's, – it's not a New Year's Six. It's not part of the playoff, but you're going to get – a power five versus power five. And usually it's, it's quality power five. So like Oregon state and Notre Dame, if this game, everyone played would not have been 40 to eight. I mean, we probably still would have won, but Oregon state would have been able to put up more points. And obviously they lost their head coach going into this game. Jonathan Smith left Michigan state. It's hard to lose your head coach, turn right around and play with a bunch of people that you haven't played with all year and go in a bowl game. Hmm. Seems like us two years ago to the day. Bunch of people opt out. Maybe not as many opted out, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Mark Freeman, you are now the head coach at Notre Dame. Go win us a bowl game. So, I did see, though, too, during the broadcast that this was the first time that we've ever beat Oregon State. So, we're, we're one and two against them all the time. So, you had to get that one in there. Uh, but, phenomenal game. I also forgot there was a safety in the game. There was a safety in the... Uh, I think it was late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, that was just utterly hilarious. Um, you kind of knew it was going to happen once we pinned him down on the one-yard line, and it was like, all right, we weren't able to score on the goal line, but they're not – like, they may be able to get close to getting a first down or may get a first down or two, but they're not about to drive 99 yards on us after they haven't scored all fucking game. So what do we do? We tile up a blitz. And smoke them in the backfield. And at first, they said that it wasn't a safety. And then they reviewed it. After the review, they determined that it was a safety, which takes away the, uh, I don't know, it's like uh, it takes away the celebration moment you get, I guess. But in my eyes, it was a quality game on all in all aspects, right? Like the offense played good. The defense played good. Special teams was good as well. And from that point, it's good to build momentum going into the next season, right? That's what you look at in this type of game. And for us, especially with the players that played in the game, not necessarily being players that, well, some will be here next year, some won't. We got the opportunity to see a lot of guys that we haven't seen all season. So in my eyes, it's, it's a positive on so many fronts and it gets us to 10 wins again. So uh, we'll, we'll most definitely finish the season inside the top 15. I would say maybe like 12, 13, and that's all you can ask for. We had some tough breaks this season. We let ourselves down uh, against teams that we were better than, and 
you got to live with the results. But at the end of the day, you play who they put on your schedule, and they gave us Oregon State in a a high-level bowl game on paper at the time, and then obviously all the opt-outs happened, but you can't control that either. Players are going to do what players do, and you go out there with the players that you got, you try to find a way to win a football game, and that's what the boys did. And offensively, um, I didn't go to the receivers too. Let me let me get the receivers some love. I skipped like right from running backs to defensive players, but offensively, so face on, I, I mentioned five receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Jaden Thomas, four receptions, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Matt Salerno, one reception, 20 yards. Uh, Jeremiah Love, one for 13. Great House, two for 13. Who I thought Great House would get some more touches, uh, just being one of the guys that we saw throughout the season more often, but it wasn't in the cards for him. And then Eli Raritan, two catches, 12 yards. I thought we were going to see a little bit more from him. I'm not going to say I'm disappointed because it's just a weird game. Uh, getting called upon to have to go out and start like, here you go. You are now the starting tight end at Notre Dame, and you know what comes with that. So uh, offensively for me, man, it's it's Steve Angeli. It is we've only seen you ever in in garbage time and in meaningless moments and in a meaningful game in your first start as the quarterback at Notre Dame, you are damn near perfect. 15 to 19, right? The QBR, I think he had was 96. Yeah, 96.1. And he had 232 yards. And it's like, it's for me, it was one of those moments where you know how in the NFL right now we're looking at all the backup quarterbacks that are playing? You think, right? It was almost better that all the, the starting receivers transferred out because all those guys that had chemistry with Hartman, Hartman's out too, so that doesn't matter. And Jelly has been throwing to these guys all season long. Whether it's on scout team or in practice, he's not running with the ones. So the receivers that he ran out there with on Saturday or, or yesterday, Friday, were the people that he's been throwing the damn ball to all season. So, like, I, I look at it like this, like in the NFL, if I see a backup quarterback's playing, I'm like, maybe maybe we bet the, the third or fourth string receiver score a touchdown. I'm not saying it's, like, always going to hit, but you have to think there's some sort of chemistry going into this game, and you saw that out there. And I'm really excited to see just what the offseason holds. Uh, the spring game should be very interesting. It will obviously be Angeli versus Leonard, so that will be uh, something that all of us will look forward to. But I just think that, I don't know, similar to last season, I know last season by our standards sucked on paper, but I think that this team has a really good defense, there are going to be some answers that need, or there are going to be some questions that need to be answered on the offense in the offseason. But the defense is returning a lot of players and at key positions. Like you're getting Watts back, you're getting Morrison back, you're getting Cross back. But tell like all these guys will be back next year. So I think that the defense, there isn't much that needs to be done in the portal and, and within recruiting. Maybe you elevate some of the younger guys, but on offense is where we really need to hone in who the quarterback's going to be, what type of offense we're going to run, because you obviously bring Mike Denbrock back into the fold, and you just go from there. And I think that it'll be interesting to see which way this offense looks next season, but I I have no complaints. So, I'm not going to say sometimes. Every week we, we get on this show or we, you know, we're, we're on Twitter or we're talking to our family members or our friends about the game, and it's like, this went wrong, that went wrong, why were 10 men on the field, 
Why are we using our timeouts here? What the fuck is wrong with, with our offense? Why can't we move the ball after we just scored 50 points last week? Like all these type of things. I was able to just simply enjoy yesterday. And even uh, going into the fourth quarter, I was like kind of a little sad that it wasn't a close game. I was like, damn, this is like the last quarter of Notre Dame football that I'm going to see until August next year. And it's like, we're just beating the absolute shit. Like I was like, maybe I wanted to see like, uh, you know, high leverage moments. That's what you live for. Those high leverage moments and those big pressure games for your team. And we didn't have any of them yesterday. Scored a touchdown on the opening drive. And at that point, it was fucking curtains. Oregon State did score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And it was a phenomenal catch. It ended up getting reviewed. He got his knee down. But that was the only drive that they looked good on. There was a certain point in the second half where they had only had two plays across the 50-yard line. Our defense, basically at full strength against their second-string offense, was a fucking massacre. So I am, yeah, very happy with the way everything went. On the offensive side of the ball, like I said, player of the game has to be Steve Angeli. Uh, just really, really excited with what the future holds at the quarterback position between Angeli and Leonard. I, I'm sure it will be a very interesting competition going into this season. And then – on the defensive side of the ball, in my eyes, like it's kind of hard to take it away on numbers from Batelho, and he got it during the game. So you look at the numbers, right? He had a sack, he had a TFL and a half, uh, two solos and five total. And then, you know, Watts, five, two solo, half sack, half TFL. And then I have just really loved what we have seen from Javante John Baptiste uh, throughout this season. I think that's a guy that has continued to get better. Uh, as the season has gone on and he finished it off with a nice performance out there in the bowl game. But I will, I will agree with Tony, the tiger on this one. I'll give it to Patelho. Um Really happy with the way he played. And he's a good, he's a good leader on that line. Him and Howard cross really have developed into strong leaders on that defensive line. So it's been fun to watch them grow over the years. I remember when he was just playing out there on special teams uh, opposite, opposite side of Isaiah Foskey. So um, but the Sun Bowl for me, it was a good experience. I'm saying go, but I'm saying like as a Notre Dame fan, I've always enjoyed uh, the C the scenic stadium. The it's a quality game, and fuck, I mean they scored. Oh, the over was forty and a half. They almost scored the over by themselves. So uh, I said it on last week's show. I said don't really care. Just going to take the six and a half. I ended up waiting until game day and got four and a half. That hit, and then Notre Dame's team total hit. I don't know what the number was, but if the over-under was 40 and a half and they scored 40, their team total did, in fact, hit. So I uh, saw some good things from some younger guys and get some shout-outs to some of the players that, you know, may not have seen as much playing time throughout the season that played well. But in the secondary, Aiden Schuler, um, down there on the line, Joshua Burnham, he's one of the players that caused that safety down there in the end zone. Uh, it was good to see Chance Tucker and Drake Bowen out there on defense. And then uh, Gabriel Rubio was able to get two assisted tackles. Um, and then two, man, um, thoughts and prayers and condolences to Jaden Mickey. Um, the night before the game, he found out that he lost his mother to cancer. And um, I I know exactly what he's going through, and I, I can only imagine how much it meant for him to go out there with his brother's and, and get a victory and, you know, 
get, get, get some skin in the action, right? Like a guy that hasn't seen as much action throughout the season was out there. Uh, maybe not every play, but that's a guy that, that I really am going to be rooting for here in the future. Um, as I, I mean, I'm going through the same thing as him right now. Obviously mine's not as fresh as his, but he's just a kid, man. And he's just trying to do right by him and his family. And, and he went out there and, and he did the damn thing yesterday. So definitely want to send, you know, condolences to the Mickey family and to Jaden um, and looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, here in the future as a cornerback on this defense. He's only a sophomore, so we got a lot more time left with him, and I'll I'll definitely be rooting for him here in the future. But uh, very wrong on my score prediction. I think I said it was going to be 24 to 17. Um, very wrong, but I'll take 48 any day of the week. It was our largest bowl victory in, in, in team history, 32 points. And as a guy that has seen the good, the bad, and the ugly – I am willing to say this was my favorite bowl performance from Notre Dame and a perfect stepping stone for the off season. Um, I look forward to, you know, pro day and the NFL draft and seeing where our guys get their names called. I think the first name off the board should be Audrey Estime, but we'll see uh, what happens here down the stretch. Obviously I'll get uh, draft articles for the players and we'll get everything figured out once the time comes. But again, as I say at the end of every episode, this is the end of the fourth year that we've done this show. And uh, I've had many different co-hosts, but there's always been one staple, and that's been me. And whether we have one listener or 100 listeners on an episode, I always appreciate the support. I appreciate the support on game day, whether, you know, it's interactions on the Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. You know, it doesn't matter to me. I appreciate the support. It was a fun season. I got to be credentialed at my first Notre Dame game ever. And I, I mean, yeah, we didn't win the Natty. We didn't go to the CFP or get a New Year's Six. But this is a season uh, that I'll always remember. And uh, I look forward to it as a stepping stone for next season. But we'll be back with you guys. We'll try to get some player interviews, uh, whether it be current players or former players here in the offseason, to get you guys ready uh, for next season. And then, just to get some Notre Dame content in your ears. Um, basketball did take down Virginia. I know I'm not like, I'm not as big on the Notre Dame basketball as I am on the football, but that's always good to see uh, one of our athletic teams take down a ranked opponent. So a good weekend to be a Notre Dame fan. Um, but thank you all for your support. Make sure to follow the socials, follow the main account at on tap Irish and follow me at B down 300. We'll be back with you guys here in the near future. Um, but I do, I do need to take some time. I, I just did, I just crunched the numbers. I did about 50 podcasts this year. It, it might be like rookie numbers. I have to see what it is season by season, but I definitely do get like a little bit of burnout here towards the end of the season. Um, so there definitely will be a couple weeks off, but stay tuned for uh, some player interviews. And then obviously um, as we get closer to the draft, we will be heads We'll be hands-on trying to get you as much draft coverage, trying to figure out where our guys are going to play their next snap at. But as always, we appreciate you. We'll be back with you here soon. As Mama would always say, Irish by a 1,000, and they damn near did it out there yesterday. And go Irish.